Welcome to SFL Radio. I'm your host, Mikey V. And I'm Chris Alani. And I'm the Eddie Mercado. And we are here at one of our sponsors for Spartaca Fight League, Dead Reckoning Distillery in Norfolk, Virginia. We are with Derek Ungerecht. Hey, guys. I said that right, right? Sure. We tried it like five times before (laughs) the cast. So we actually, this is our second time here. The first podcast we were going to do here was uh, our little Spartaca monthly get-together. And my child... uh, was not happy. Blame the baby. Blame the baby. Blame the baby. The baby basically cried and was not happy, so I had to leave. But we are here today. Uh, But it's a nice, quiet day. Um, We're basically going to talk to you about uh, Dead Reckoning Distillery, Tidewater Rum. Um, This is an area where microbreweries are plenty, and you are the only rum distillery in the area, correct? The first legal distillery in the city of Norfolk. Any distillery. <clears throat> Any well, distillery. Legal, yeah. legal, legal. Well, there might I, be some big. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say, if you do open a distillery in Norfolk, everyone who may or may not have distilled in the city of Norfolk will come by to tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and how to run your business, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your, your permit uh, journey that you had to go on. But uh, what is that? Oh, sorry. We had a little technical thing. All right, so... We, uh, what are we drinking right now? So you are drinking a Linhaven Breeze, which is Tidewater Coconut Rum with orange juice and grenadine. Ooh, I like this. And Fancy. if you're hearing random sounds, it's because we literally are in the distillery right yes, now. Yes, so. we're at the t- in the tasting room on the bar. On location. And uh, there's ice machines and all kinds of bottles clanking and stuff, so don't mind. It's just to prove that SFL Radio is willing to take that extra mile. You know, we're willing to go drink alcohol on a weekday. You exactly. know, for you know, for the show, for the it show. is it is a hard life, guys. It is a hard life. So, uh, also, we're going to be airing this episode on Rec AF, which is our other podcast, to give you a little bit more exposure for the brand. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm a huge rum fan. I'm Coast Guard retired, and uh, you know, we're kind of like piratey. And uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the Virgin Islands, a lot of time in Puerto Rico, so I picked up a really good taste for rum. Uh, a lot of people know I own a cigar business, and rum and cigars pair Absolutely. ideal together. They do. We're actually having a cigar night this Friday. You are. And we're going to actually go through all the events and stuff you have coming up Sweet. Uh, and talk about that. So how long have you been open? <clears throat> so the tasting room itself has been open since January. Uh, we've been in the building over two years now. Uh, we started distilling last July. Okay. And uh, as far as your capacity, like when you, I, you're going to have to educate us on how the distilling process works, but as far as like a barrel, or like when you make it, is it a barrel at a time? Is it so we do 220 gallon ferments. Um, wow. Each one of those nets about 30 gallons of, uh, of rum. The process from start to finish takes us anywhere from 12 to 14 days, depending on the weather. Um, yeast are happy somewhere between 80 and 90 degrees. Below that, they get a little lethargic. Over that, they start dying. So during the winter months, it uh, added several days to the fermentation okay. process. But uh, And then obviously for any sort of aged product, which we've started barreling and aging, that obviously adds lots of time to the uh, to the process. So somewhere between, you know, everybody asks like, oh, when are you going to come out with the aged stuff? And I'm like, ah. Uh, you got to age it. <laughs> yeah, you got to age it. Yeah. Keyword, Some, age. Sometime <laughs> between six months and several years from now. I don't know. It's what, That's the cool thing about aging. You know, you don't really know what the what the wood and the, and the specific barrel is going to do with, with your stuff. So, you know, every few months we'll pop it open and take a sample. And when I feel like it's ready, it'll, it'll be ready. Excellent. So how many different uh, types of rum do you guys have? So we currently have four rums out there. 
There's Tidewater Rum, which is the flagship rum what we originally released with. It is a white, silver, whatever you want to call it, unaged, unflavored, unadulterated rum-flavored rum. 80 proof, 40% alcohol. It is produced in a pot still, uh, which is different than what you would uh, typically find in a, a newer rum. Most people, when you think of uh, when you think of rum, you think of a, a certain Puerto Rican uh, brand. Yep, <laughs> they produce their stuff in a column still. The flavor profile of that is more akin to a vodka, in my opinion. Um, if you dialed the the timeline back fifty or sixty years, you would have found a lot more flavor. I compare it more to kin of a of a tequila of a, of an unaged tequila. So there's a lot of flavor in a tequila, whereas like a vodka. Is a very lightly flavored spirit. So, so rum has kind of shifted from very flavorful to more lighter flavored. But the the industry is is switching those gears back. Um, and and so I, what you'll I find, like the flavorful. That's what one yeah. thing I noticed with your rum was is that is the flavor profile. And I got the the regular Tidewater rum I took home the last time I was here. Sweet, and it has been. You. I mean, we're both me and my fiance are bartenders, and we we've been making drinks with it left and right at the house. It's an awesome rum. <laughs> Awesome. So we also have three flavored rums out. We have a, a coconut, a strawberry, and an orange flavored. What's your most popular? Uh, it's it's weird. So the the orange flavor was specifically unrequested of the restaurants and licensees because Virginia ABC stopped carrying their orange uh, flavored rum that was popular. So we were going around all the licensees and telling us about us, and they were like, you got to make an orange flavored rum. So I was like, okay, we're making an orange rum now. <laughs> so that's been really popular with the restaurants. Uh, here on location, the strawberry is uh, has, was the first to go of the flavored rums. Okay. So, well, um, I was actually looking at your website, and uh, you guys are veteran-owned and are. operated. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? So, uh, I graduated high school in 2002, shortly after September 11th, and put my mind to going overseas and uh, killing bad guys, and went to see an army recruiter. And I didn't didn't make the dive all the way into active duty, but I, I, I went to see actually went to see a Marine Corps recruiter originally. Almost joined the Marine Corps. Um, Got a bad taste in my mouth with that certain recruiter, and no other recruiter would talk to me, so I talked to the Army. Basically walked in the door and said, you know, what's the what's the closest thing to combat arms that the uh, reserves offers? And put me in a combat support military police unit. Deployed in 2003, right after I got out of basic training, and then uh, again in 2009. Uh, I'm currently still in um, Sergeant First Class uh, out of Fort Story, Civil Affairs now. Nice. I'm the Bravo <laughs> Company First Sergeant for... The 437th Civil Affairs Battalion. So That's still awesome. got uh, about five more years left. Okay. I was going to say, when I came in, I noticed <laughs> you had the Iraqi flag draped over the yeah. up top and your loft above the distill. And I, I knew that because I spent time over there, too. Right. And I saw the flag, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. So I figured we would ask you about that. Yeah, I picked that up uh, 2009, 2010. We were uh, deployed to uh, Fob Sykes. It's uh, northwest of Missoula, Talifar region. If anybody knows, uh, when ISIS came over the border from Syria, the Sinjar Mountain, where they got all the uh, Yazidis got driven up on the mountain, that's uh, that, that was my old stomping ground. So. Oh, nice. So how'd you get in the rum? So, <laughs> drink, <laughs> that's <press> that's yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> we know what Chris is interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Enough about that heroic stuff. No, I was just <laughs> Tell thinking, us about I was like, the booze. How do you go from, like, you know... Killing the bad guys, so you know what? I really want to make rum. I want to make alcohol, yeah. <laughs> I'm well, just trying to see what the connection is. <laughs> right. Well, so I'm a reservist, so I've got a full time regular job, and I've always I've been I've done sales, which you know pays well, you know, but I've never made anything. And uh, I don't know, probably about seven or eight years ago, I resolved myself to 
to opening my own business. I wasn't sure what that was going to be and thought about several things. Um, but I always knew I wanted to make something. And then about five years ago, I started seeing all the breweries opening. I'm like, man, I was like, these guys could do that. You know, I could do this. Would you say it's a little oversaturated, you think? That's actually what I thought five years ago. Uh, and here we are five years later, and there's still breweries opening, and they're mostly successful. So hindsight being 2020, I probably would have been fine with that. But I did have a passion for, for rum. Uh, my wife and I actually uh, honeymooned down in Jamaica, um, and I spent two weeks drinking a lot of Appleton and uh, really fell in love with that with that brand and, and their product. Um, I've also had the chance with the Army. I went to Haiti at one point in time, drank a lot of Haitian rum while oh, I was yeah. down there. I've been to the Bahamas, drank a lot of rum down there. And um, what specifically attracted me to rum, not only that, but just because it is so versatile. If if I made bourbon here and I tried to come out with a strawberry-flavored bourbon, you guys would ask me why I ruined that bourbon. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Cool never, never seems happens. a little ass now, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing with rum, though, is I can make a white rum that's a party rum. I can make you know, coconut, orange, and strawberry, and people are accepting of that. And then I can go to the other end of the spectrum and make a an aged rum that will stand up against any fine bourbon or whiskey that you can sip neater on the rocks. So that's the cool thing with rum is I, because I'm doing rum, I don't feel the need to, to step outside of that and come out with a gin or a vodka or a whiskey and, you know, do all these different spirits. Are you, are you self-taught or did you work with somebody or have a mentor? So, sir, is illegal to still at home? Um, on a federal level. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. So self-taught, I mean, the, the great thing about it, and I, I do this, uh, little spiel when, uh, when I do tours of the distillery, distilling is much like baking cookies. Um, it's following a recipe. And, uh, the first time you made cookies, you probably burnt them or they tasted like crap. The next I, time. I still burn my cookies. I don't bake at all either. Uh, but you know, you do it a few times and it's pretty decent. Eventually you get good at it. You know, the hard thing about distilling is producing great cookies every single time. Um, in between just uh, trial and error, and uh, there's a fair bit of science to it. So I bought some textbooks and started reading and online forums and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. Self-taught. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, you have, have you been, did you, were you here last time we were here? No, no you didn't no, come. No. This right. is my first time here, so actually. afterwards, we'll have to go check it out and take a tour. It's actually a really cool setup. Um, you do uh, you do a lot of neat, like, cla- I, like when we were here the last time, you were doing classes, which I yeah. thought was pretty cool. <clears throat> Yeah, so I I started distilling, and I feel like I'm a pretty decent distiller, um, but of course, I'm the one that makes it, so I would. But uh, So I started going around to restaurants, and I'm like, hey, I got this cool new rum I just made. It's it's locally made, blah, 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 and uh, and their response is, okay, so what do we do with it? I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. You're the bartender. Don't you figure that out? (laughs) I don't know. Sell it? So then I realized, I was like, okay, I guess it's part of this business. I probably need to know how to sling drinks, too. So I've I've had to teach myself, you know, like, how do you make a mojito? How do you make a daiquiri, that sort of stuff. So in that process, I realized like, hey, this stuff, a lot of these drinks aren't that hard to make. People don't do them at home just because, you know, they've never taken the time to learn it. So we started doing these cocktail classes once a month. Um, They've been super popular. The last one, we did a zombie and a daiquiri. And before we did a mojito, I think the one coming up is uh, we're doing a pina colada and a daiquiri, which is actually the third weekend in June. Yeah, June 15th. I see that right there. So we've also got a, uh, we're doing a paint night, uh, June 22nd. So uh, paint night in Virginia Beach is, uh, is hosting a paint night here at the distillery. We'll have, we'll have a food truck 
And uh, we also, this Friday, we have the Cigar Club uh, event. And then on Saturday, we are doing a, the second edition of our Backyard Games tournament. Nice. So we did a cornhole tournament last month. This month, we're doing Can Jam. Uh, okay, we'll be doing yeah. stuff like that. Like next month, I think we might be doing Redneck Golf or something like that. So, That's awesome. yeah, there's normal backyard uh, activities, maybe some flip cups, some, uh, some Ooh, rum pong. I'm into flip cup. <laughs> I'm all about flip cup. That's I got to ask, so what's, game. what's the origin of the name? Uh, alcohol. No, <laughs> no, of dead reckoning. I can explain the distance. Well, I, assumed, I assumed no. I assumed you were Navy just because of like me being Coast Guard. Is like dead reckoning is obviously navigational, and, and that's is that, that's exactly where it comes from. So when I sat down to 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 think about like what I wanted this brand to encompass, uh, you know, there's a few things I wanted to encompass. One, you know, we're in Hampton Roads. This, you know, the Navy. And the shipbuilding history of this area has shaped everybody's lives. Whether or not you've ever known or met anybody in the military, like this area is only here because of that, and it is what oh, it yeah. is today yeah. because Big of that. Footprint. So I wanted to pay you know homage to that, uh, and I also I wanted to uh, encompass like me and my buddies used to go down to the Outer Banks on vacation, and like we drive our jeeps down there, and like literally you'd wake up in the morning and like there was only like two rules. Like we're going to the beach and we're going to drink. And like from there, like there was no other plans. And like you just meet random people and maybe end up back at somebody else's house at some party at some random house. Maybe you'd end up sitting on the beach drinking beer when the, when the sun came up and just kind of trying to encompass that, like no compass needed. uh, You know, let's see what's happening over the horizon. You know, let's just be down for the adventure, you know, not having to have it completely planned out. And that's kind of what this whole business encompasses. So dead reckoning is a navigational term. Um, basically, it's what happens when everything else has stopped working. The, yeah, the GPS. It's the last, it is the last form of navigation yes. that you use when everything else shits the bed. Yep. So the batteries died in your GPS. You forgot to bring your compass because nobody brings a compass anymore. It's cloudy, so you can't do celestial mm-hmm. navigation. And basically, you take your last course or heading. Uh, your direction to travel and the speed you were traveling at, and you extrapolate that out to give yourself an idea of where you're going. And so, you, and you basically guess where you are going to be. Yes. And then, but the tides and the and the, currents the winds and, and currents yeah. will will differ, and yeah. then you will end up. And that's actually how America was discovered with yeah. dead reckoning. A little history lesson yeah. here. On. So, and that's so, why he thought he was one place and was not in that place because <laughs> he used DR navigation, and the further you go, the more off you are. Yeah, right. so, or so. you could think about it when I get drunk. It's kind of like the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's Chris trying to find his way home. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I say? He's trying to get home. His phone's dead. Yeah, phone's dead. Lost his keys. I can't use the you know the stars you know because I use that all the time. You know, obviously. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's cool. I like it. Um, I'm a big, big like I said, big rum guy, big pirate fan, and everything. So when I saw it, I was like, this is so cool. Like it fits with the motif and everything. So it's pretty cool. We need to throw a pirate party here. We should a big pirate. Well, pirate pirates. Get a I'll bunch a of eye patches, maybe. It can't be a ninja. Uh, no, ninjas night. and pirates, man. Oh, classic mm. battle, bro. Uh, ninjas and pirates. <laughs> In what universe? <laughs> ninjas drink sake. Pirates drink rum. So, no, that's awesome. And how did you get involved with Spartacus? So I know, like I said, you the re, the way I found out this. I originally wanted to do the podcast here because the last podcast I was reading the list of sponsors and I'm like. Dead Reckoning, but it only said Dead Reckoning. So I'm like, what is that? Is that a right. brewery, a distillery? And I looked it up and it said distillery. And I'm like, we need to go do a live podcast there. Right. So uh, how did you get involved with Spartacum? Uh, so Butters came in to the distillery. Butter. And, uh, yeah. Shout out to Butter, toughest <laughs> man I know. 
And uh, he's an Army veteran as well. Him and his wife were in here. And actually, they started talking to my wife, Jennifer, who's the uh, the gift shop manager, front of the house manager. I don't know. We all have different titles because <laughs> it's a small business and we all do everything. Yep. Uh, but they, they started chatting and um, they hung out for several hours. And him and I got to, to talking and chatting. And he started talking about you know Spartica Fight League, which I had heard of before. I'd never actually been to one of the events. I tried to take the kids one time last year, I think. But just, you know, whatever schedule didn't work out and we didn't end up getting to go. And, uh, and at the end of the night, he's like, man, I'm going to bring Jimmy in here because you need to meet him. You guys are so like-minded. And um, so, yeah, like maybe a week went by, a week and a half went by, and uh, he brought Jimmy in here. And, again, it was like the same situation. Jimmy and I met. We spent several hours hanging out and uh, chatting, looking at what we were yeah, doing here. Partica can talk, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> he's a bit of a talker. Uh, feed him a little rum and see. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, were you just talking or were you talking and drinking? <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you have, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing like multitasking at the same time. Um, do you guys, do you guys come to the fights too? Yeah. Uh, so we, we went to the last fight. That was actually the first fight we went to. We brought both of my, uh, both of my boys. I got an eight year old and a five year old and um, they play baseball in the spring, but I, I think they, uh, they both want to get into wrestling now, which is really cool. Cause one of them has been asking about karate and I'm like, eh, you don't really want to do karate. Like let's do something practical, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I mean, to be honest, yeah, there's right. A, there's a, there's a time and a place for every move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's more traditional, more of the, right. you know, karate's more of the discipline based, exactly, out of kata forms, things yeah. of that nature. But hey, spinning heel kick is a spinning heel kick, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I will mention once again, Cobra Kai. Come on, Cobra Kai. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. Um, that's awesome. No, so uh, the next fight coming up is uh, June twenty third. Oh yes, so it is. Gonna it's going to be, be SFL, so good. SFL thirty. We actually have a fighter in here with us right now. Oh, Mr. Quentin Gray over here. Yep, so we're going to be doing a fight interview after this for yeah. uh, pre fight. Um, any fights you're looking forward to, or are you just kind of just looking forward to have fun and go watch? Yeah, we had a, it was a fantastic time this, this past time and all the fights were, uh, were great. And, uh, we, were we actually got to meet yeah. several, we got to meet several of the fighters and that's honestly what I'm looking forward to because cool. just, just to like have my boys out there and, and have them like shake hands and then see the guy, you know, in the cage later. And yeah. my boys are like, kids you know, love that. of course, oh yeah, they, they're like, that's my guy right there. Like the super yeah. fans all of a sudden. <laughs> well, you have to come down and say hello to us cause we'll be down yeah. on the floor doing the podcast uh, we mm -hmm. do all the post fight interviews so you have to come down jump on the mic say hello yeah absolutely. We like to bring sponsors on during that too and uh um, well actually i just want to kind of like piggyback off that like you said this was your first fight you brought the whole family if you got to tell the listeners at home because i know a lot of our listeners are they're kind of scared i mean mma if you don't understand it it looks barbaric it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's, it's brutal it has yeah. a, yeah. it has a, a little bit of a, a negative connotation along along with you know cage fighting human cock fighting this yeah whole thing but it's really it's really a family event yeah, yeah. so i mean now you being you know a dad and you yeah. and your kids what would you say to the people at home like about the fight now that you've actually gone one and your kids have gone too uh, as well extremely family friendly i mean I, i've been a big fan of mma you know for for lots of years uh my wife maybe was a little more apprehensive about taking the kids to it when i told her about it mm -hmm. she's like are you sure and i'm like yeah it'll be fine come on and i mean really it's a sport yeah, at the yeah. end of the day it's a sport and yeah sometimes people get bloody but you know what you can watch nfl any sunday and that's ha and that happens you know people get injured doing that and uh you know really this is one of the purest forms of sport that there is and uh, that's what i like about it i mean you put two dudes in a ring or women in a ring and it's it's you know one versus the other and you know it's it's really one of the purest forms of sport there is in the world that's so true because i mean if you look at other sports 
they have fights in those sports, you know? So yeah. it's like, <laughs> let's just remove this for other brief sports second. Part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why you go to a hockey game, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's take away the ball or the puck. Let's take away the, you know, the sticks and let's yeah. just get to the fight part. Shout out to the Admirals, by the way. Yes. Love the Admirals. So once again, coming up June 1st, you have a cigar night with the Slick Stick Cigar Club. I know those guys. They're great. Um, I'm probably actually going to come out for that myself. Cool. Uh, June 2nd, Backyard Game Tournament. June 15th, Cocktail Class. And uh, June 22nd, Paint Night. So and June twenty third. Well, I was going to tell you. So June. So June twenty third <laughs> is the SFL thirty four, which is going to be the big fight coming up. Uh, the night before June twenty second, which is going to be the weigh ins, we will be announcing the official weigh in spot is going to be Ocean twenty seven down at the Oceanfront. So that's going to be uh, on twenty seventh Street, right on the, uh, the right under the Hyatt Hotel. It's a uh, outdoor bar. You know they have the backyard games and all that stuff. It's right on the boardwalk. So we have a beautiful view. We're going to set up all the press conference stuff. Uh, so that's where the weigh-ins are going to be. There's going to be parking right next to that for the fighters. Um, the after party is going to be at Lunacy. 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 And that's going to be uh, directly after the fight. Um, so when you're done with the fight, shoot over to the oceanfront park, head into Lunacy. Uh, me and Mighty are definitely going to be there partying. We're always there. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, hopefully you make this. We're resident DJs over there. So. Yeah, we both DJ over there. So um, that's gonna that's 206 22nd Street. So make sure you guys come out. We're gonna come have some, on out. We're gonna have some fighters there. You guys can talk to them, get close to them, party with them, do some drinks with them. You know, whatever. The ones that drink. That can drink. Yeah, that can. can. <laughs> I was say some of them can't drink. Yeah. But uh, anyway, thank you very much for the time. It yeah, was absolutely. a pleasure. I'm excited to drink more here. So you're gonna be seeing a lot more of me. Oh, uh, Derek, before we go, is there any uh, um, social media plugs or anything right. that you want to throw in there? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check us on Facebook. Search Dead Reckoning Distillery and or Tidewater Rum. Also, we do have a tasting room. That's where we're sitting right now recording this. It is open currently Fridays and Saturdays, Friday from 5 to 9, Saturday from noon to 9. Uh, very shortly, we're start going to start opening on Thursdays and Sundays as well. So peep the nice. Facebook page. Uh, and that's where you can, you know, if you like and follow that, you can get, a, you know, all the events and everything that we're doing, you'll be able to see there. So, Excellent. Check it out. Awesome. Well, we will see you at the fight coming up. And right. uh, we're going to take a quick Commercial break, and we will be back with our fighter. SFL Radio. And we're back. I did it again, Eddie. Did you do it again? And we're back, remember? Oh, the extra excitement on yeah. the and we're back. So we are back, and we are here with Quentin Alexander Gray. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Mm -hmm. And you are going to be fighting at SFL 34. Yes, sir. And... Let's just get right into it. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's get right into it. Already been well, first of all, up, thanks I'm for coming to, in. I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You ready to go? You ready to fight? Formalities, so man. Elias Briley is going to be your uh, your opponent in yes, the next sir. fight. Did you see his last fight? I did, actually. I was there. Oh, you were there? Okay. Yeah, I was nice. there, and I saw it. Um, I wasn't really looking for him or at him because, you know. You didn't know. I didn't know. You know, at the time, I was ready for a 135 fight, even a 125 fight. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I wasn't even paying attention to him. But, you know, I did see the fight, and since then I've watched it a couple of times. It's, uh, it was a good win, you know what I mean? It was a good win, but I'm not going to go in and say it was an impressive win. You know okay. I mean? Yeah, and that's just me being honest about it. So you are fighting 145 for this fight, which yeah. is featherweight. You are a bantamweight. I am. Um, and actually you're the 14th ranked bantamweight in the state of Virginia yep. and mm -hmm. the 82nd ranked bantamweight in the southeastern United States. Yep. I did a little homework. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> A little bit of respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. appreciate that, man. Yeah, I did... Um, I did rank a little bit higher in the bat, you know, in the past, but you know, having guys back out and being inactive for a long time, topology will actually rank you lower. 
really you're out yeah exactly so oh, okay. a couple of times where i've had guys back out of fights that's affected my rank oh, if I can't oh wow. fight, yeah exactly guys so will catch up we yeah. were gonna bring that up but we would get right into that so you're five and two mm-hmm. your last fight was almost a year ago june 17th yep. uh 2017 and that was uh sfl i think it was eight was it 18 29. Yeah, 29. Like ah, yeah. I just made yeah, fuck, I made 18 up. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. that was a while ago. He um, did his homework, ladies and gentlemen. He, Not he that said, much he said he did. He said he did. He Dude, I don't right. do a lot of homework. The dog ate his homework. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, but you fight for Global Martial Arts Academy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, like I said, you look at Tabaji, your last couple fights, for unfortunate reasons, has been canceled. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. It's becoming a trend, man. I don't know why exactly. Maybe but, you're just um, that good, man. I don't think, you know, go in the ring with you. I yep. swear, you know, my teammates make that joke all the time. They're like, Quinn, man, dude, stop wearing, you know, stop taking your shirt off at the weigh-ins. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop, stop flexing, and I'm really not. But really, I'm not sure how it happens because I don't fight that often because of it. So if guys are feeling that way about me, I'm not sure where they're getting that impression from. I just want to fight, you know. Yeah. So I'm happy Elias said yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. And you're mm-hmm. and you're going up a weight class, which is that's a big deal. It's a big deal, but you know, I started, you know, my first couple of fights were at 145. So the first couple of fights were at 145. So okay. I mean, yeah, that's not a problem to me at all. So this is not new new uh, grounds for you. No, I think my first fight at 145, I walked in at like 141. So oh wow, yeah, I'm not worried think, about it. You think you'll have any advantages not having to cut as much weight? Maybe. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, there are there are advantages to cutting weight. You know, that's obvious. You want to have a size advantage on a guy. But me coming up from a smaller, just a smaller frame, I'm used to fighting bigger guys, and I get to use implements in my game that I don't usually get to use against the smaller 135ers, like my judo background. A lot of people don't remember, but I used to be throwing guys and just ground and pounding the whole time. You see my old fights; I do it all the time. So, a lot of Elias's weaknesses are my foundation. So he's gonna have to look out for that. Okay, for sure. And I was gonna actually get into that. So, how long have you been fighting? Been fighting since about, I think my first fight was Spartaca 2013. So I've okay. been fighting on and off for, uh, yeah, about five years now. Okay. So. And mm-hmm. you were a martial, so you did judo, obviously. You have a judo background. Yeah, yeah. So you have a martial arts background before yeah, man. that. Dude, my martial arts background goes back to when I was like three. Really? I mean, yeah, with my, with my dad, dude. My first martial art, really my first martial art is Tai Chi. Because that's what my dad started me with. Yeah, you know that's crazy. Kid. You never really hear that. You never really you hear don't. someone starting off with Tai Chi. It's always Taekwondo. You taekwondo don't. is always yeah, the first I, I thing. Because that's the kids. That's the kids thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. No, nah, Tai Chi started with my dad, man. Just like hand fighting. You know what I mean? And then you see me fight. Sometimes I do that as well. You know, just hand fighting and learning how to counter strike. I was going to ask you because uh, yeah. with Tai Chi, do you feel like some of that obviously affects For how you sure. fight now? For and sure. And it's not even in my control because I was so young when I started that. It's just nature. Muscle memory. Yep. Built in. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like you said, Taekwondo, that's what people do. Once my parents got tired of me, you know, watching Power Rangers and stuff and pretending, (laughs) they were like, all right, let's get this kid into something real. So uh, my mom started going to Taekwondo with me. So we built a bond doing that. So as she ranked up, I was ranking up too. You know what I mean? So it was real cool. Martial arts has always been. So it's a family. It's a family affair with you as well. Yeah, yeah. And it backfired on her now because I'm fighting. So, you know what I mean? I don't know how she feels about that. Be careful. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. You got me in this. I told him, I was like, look, you created this monster. Okay. Does she come out out and watch you fight or is it too much? uh, Because of the work, you know, um, I come from a State Department family. So, I mean, we were used to traveling just like in the military you know what i mean so um yeah she's working overseas right now so she'll come see me fight when she can you know it's been a while um she wasn't at the last fight but my dad was yeah so did you so you obviously moved around a lot growing up i'm assuming yeah yeah i did i did um martial arts as well and then had to move around with the coast guard and it's like i was i feel like that's one of those things like when you finally find a good school you're in an area and you're you're working with a sensei and you're like yes and then you got to move and you're like crap did you find that was something that made you change styles possibly for sure man i'll say yeah moving around so much you have to restart essentially when you go to a different academy this was before mma was really big right so 
right now kids are being sent to MMA schools like UFC right, yeah. gyms to learn. But back then, like early 2000s, there 1990s, wasn't there wasn't that. So everybody was like, this is my style Taekwondo or this is my style Karate. So, hey, what you're doing is wrong, even though it wasn't. You know what I mean? There's, like you guys said earlier, there's no such thing as a wrong move. Everything right. has its time and place. But, right, exactly. You know, yeah, these guys were traditional. So, yeah, my style got affected by it. But I think at the end of the day, it makes me, you know, less predictable, really. You know what I mean? And my striking's coming together, too, because of that. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, Global Martial Arts Academy, have you been training there the whole th- five years that you've been fighting? Yeah, man. Actually, the first night I met Master Mateo, he's a, our head coach, you know, the owner of the gym. Um, that was my first win, actually, when I met him. Uh, okay. Yeah. One of my friends, David McGraw, I met him through ODU Judo program, which I was the head of at the time. And he told me, hey, you should come train at an actual MMA gym. You know, so I said, yeah, you know, why not? Let's do it. Uh, but I wanted to fight first. So, so you actually, your first fight. fight was independent? My first fight was independent. Okay. I had really only a couple of years of judo, maybe some taekwondo, and that's it. Zero boxing, zero striking. So, um, And I fought a guy from MMA Institute. Uh, short notice, yeah. And I had no idea what MMA Institute was, so I didn't know what I was walking into. Yeah. Uh, but I did well, man. I did well for a guy that had no boxing, man. And, and I lost, split decision loss, but it made me want to come back even harder, and I have since then, man. Yeah. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, it's been a year. Do you think that's going to play into... I mean, what have you been doing to keep sharp over that year? Well, it's been, I'm not going to lie, it's been a rough one, you know what I mean, as far as athletics go, you know what I mean? Because uh, in that fight with Ahmad, I did... Shatter, not shatter, sorry, not to be dramatic, but I fractured my left foot okay. oh, wow. in the first round. So, I mean, if you guys look back at that fight. And that went to decision. It did go to decision. That was a fun fight, man. Ahmad was tough. Uh, he's got a chin, man. It's kind of annoying. You know I mean? like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I looked at that fight. I'm like, man, I dropped this dude like two times. <laughs> he's another MMA Institute guy, right? Yeah, he is, man. I got I fought a couple of their guys, man. It's always good because, I mean, I know they're serious about what they do. So, oh, yeah. I have to be on my game. But I did go for an oblique kick, you know, just hitting with the inside of my instep. I was trying to hit his thigh. Uh, to kind of stop his movement because Ahmad, he moves around a lot. He's stiff. Oh, yeah. He's stiff, but he moves. He's really, active, really well. yeah. Exactly. So I was trying to slow him down, and his shin clashed with my foot, so I kind of stole oh, back. Yeah. In the fight, the you don't steal that type of stuff, man. So mm-hmm. I was still throwing with the kick. I was like, whatever. Yeah. And I remember going home that night, and I, I was in crutches for weeks. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Ahmad. But, no, it was a fun <laughs> fight. It was a fun fight, man. But, yeah, to answer your question, dude, um, I've been trying to fight. It's just, like you said, man, guys, either accept or don't. I actually wanted to go pro after this, after that last fight. Um, I felt like, you know, leaving into the hands of the, of the judges was a mistake on my part. You know, I feel like I could have done more, you know, to win that fight. I feel like I did win that fight, to be honest with you. But I wanted to move up. So I said, let's go pro where I can be around. You know, I don't know. If I lose, I'll really know if I lost. You know, I didn't want to second guess it because a judge decided I lost. So um, we tried getting a fight with CFFC, and we had it lined up. The guy was going to drop down one from 155 to fight me at 135, but he never said yes. So, um, like I said, Elias is the first guy to say yes all year. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm ready to fight. Okay. What are you expecting out there? I mean, how do you see this fight playing out? <sighs> well, I, I don't know because it really depends – on my mood <laughs> that night, you know what I mean? To be completely honest with you, man, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to have a game plan because I don't. Um, only, the only thing I know about Elias, and I'm, I'm not here to, you know, trash talk him too much. but if I'm gonna be, <laughs> Just a little bit. Just, 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 just enough. Just, just, you know, poke the bear a little bit. No, I have nothing negative to say. This is going to be my honest assessment of him. Um, I think he's in trouble for this one. I really do. If you're going to ask me what I, how I see this fight going, I see it going like this. It could go one of two ways. We could strike all night, and I'm fine with that. I feel like he's slow. Not slow for a 145er, but maybe slow for a 135er coming up. You know, um, He has powerful kicks, powerful hands, but that's nothing I haven't seen. I've fought bigger guys. I've fought 
Michael Wolford um, a couple years ago, back in 2015. That guy came down from 170. He's six mm. foot. What? Three. He's six foot three. Chew. He went back up to 155. And you're 5'7", so that's a huge seven. reach. Yeah. That's a huge reach. His, his, his arm was longer than my torso, man. <laughs> and, and the same goes for the other 145ers I fought, man. If they rush me, it's cool. We can strike. My striking's even better now. But really, what I'm going to do is, if you try to clinch with me, I'm not going to do a double leg, which will knock the wind out of you. I'm going to hip toss you with my judo. You know, and when you get hip tossed, I don't know if you guys seen judo, it's rib on rib and then collision with the canvas. So you're not going to get the wind knocked out of you. You're going to have bruised ribs. You know what I mean? And then from there, it's whatever I want to do. So I would like to strike with him just to test my own striking. But if he gets crazy in there, I'll handle him. It's whatever. Because yeah. I believe his uh, last fight was one with a it was a standing submission, wasn't it? Second it, round, it was. He um, he gave up a, a couple slamming takedowns and then came up in the second round with the guillotine as the guy shot yep, in. That was the guillotine. It was a standing guillotine. And it was like thirty yep. seconds in the second round. Yep. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was it was a slick submission. Yeah, it was. Because I remember slick. talking to him afterwards. That was a really a cool interview to you know talk, hit him up afterwards. A lot of people in the crowd who weren't familiar with MMA didn't even know it was over when it was yeah. over. Because like a ninja check. Yeah. I love it. I love it when that happens, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I love the confusion because there's always a delay in the pause like is the fight over what just happened yeah, yeah. it's fun um i saw that submission and i was just watching that fight you know getting ready for him and i would i don't know if it's that slick that's an anaconda choke right so I, no, that's no, no. I, it was a it was a uh it was a ninja choke right there was no arm in so it, was it just, wasn't arm in no, i couldn't see from the other side of the cage yeah. okay so either way he locked it up i want to make a comment more on what his opponent did okay shane right so you notice, like you said, man, Shane was taking him down all night. You know what I mean? All night like it was nothing. You know, and, and going into that second round, yeah, you know, Elias, he got off really good shots, man. That head kick was sick. It was beautiful, man. I think um, if he had followed up and stayed a little bit closer, he probably would have finished Shane. But Shane went back to doing what he was doing, going for those takedowns, man. If you look at the fight, man, the moment when Shane gets his single leg, right, he's got the, he's got the legs pinched between his knees. He's got the arms around his thighs. Elias should have been flying by then. Really, Shane should have just quickly snapped, turned to his right, and, then, and it would have been the way it was in the first round. For some reason, when Elias snuck that arm in, Shane froze, man. I don't know why. And I've seen Shane fight a lot of times, man. He's quicker than that, you know? So I feel like that was more of a combination of just Elias being calm, cool, and collected like he is, and then Shane hesitating a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I can't give Elias all that credit, and I would if I saw it, man. Like, I've even had opponents that beat my teammates, and I'm like, hey, man, that was cool. You did your thing. Yeah. I'm not going to give Elias all that credit. And um, I saw him jump on the cage and start calling people out. You know, he must not know me that well because, you know, I'm not, it's not going to be easy fight for him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, not, like, not going to make mistakes like that. I, I, I'm too experienced for that. Yeah. Elias was very, when he came to the table after the fight, he was amped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super pumped. Hey, though. man, and that's cool, man. That's, he earned that. You know what I mean? He earned that right and he earned that time. But don't let it go to your head, man. This is a new day. You know what I mean? So, and I've had a lot of guys say that they could walk over me and beat me. But nobody's ever won my ass. Sorry. I was just saying, <laughs> the only fights, the two that you lost were both decisions. Uh, decision, well, yeah, decision. There was, this is a weird story, man. I did take one fight that I later found out that wasn't um, official or something like that. So there was it no wasn't real. Like yeah, there was no, exactly. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, it wasn't sanctioned. There was no really official athletic body doing it. It was a fake one. But I didn't know that going in, man. It was another. It was like a was, smoker kind of. Yeah, it yeah. was. Man. It was. Um, <laughs> Barbarian. I don't want to plug anybody. That yeah, I don't even plug him. No, I don't even say it. It was trash. Anyway, so like, yeah, but I wanted that fight because I was supposed to fight somebody else's Spartacus. They had backed out. So I took a fight at a lighter weight class, you know, just because I was ready to go. And I got there and they were like, hey, by the way, this fight's at 130. I had agreed to like 145 or something like that. So I was like, okay, I'll cut as much weight as I can. And um, the guy's coach was there running the event. 
So I show up. <laughs> oh, you know it's on the up and up when, oh, yeah, when the coach yeah, yeah. is the promoter. That's going to be super yeah, fun. Yeah, right. Coach yeah, slash real. promoter. And I was like, this is this is strange. So we're the main event. <laughs> <laughs> we're the main event. My teammate shows up and he's like, hey, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm warming up. And they call his name out. Apparently this guy is the sitting champion at 135 already. I didn't know that until they called his name out. So I'm secret like, title fight? Yeah, secret <laughs> title fight, man. I'm like, what is going on here? So they said the fight was 145. They made me drop down as close as I could to 130. Then to find out the guy's a sitting champ at 135. Yeah, okay. Needless to say, I got gassed out. I was whipping yeah. his ass a little bit, man, but I gassed out, dude. My body's cramping, and he got a triangle choke on me. So that is an unofficial loss, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to hide away from that. So you well, did yeah. say I'm 5'2", but, you know, I'll be real with You didn't even have to one. mention that. So I know, I know. to you man. for even being up I know, man, that. but that just goes to show there's a lot of stuff that happens to fight amateur fighters, man. We go through a lot of, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's a dirty. It's you know, a struggle, it's, man. It's a fun business, but it's a dirty business, especially at the amateur level. You it's very watch dirty, out. and it's a long road. Yeah, yeah. So that fight's not on my record, man, because they, they got shut down for sure, man. Mm. But the other two losses, man, yeah, you're right. They're decisions, man. And like that says, that goes to, that goes to show you can't leave in the hands of the judges. You never know what very they're true. looking for, man. It's very yeah. true. So you said that you're not really coming up with a plan. But as far as, like, you did go back and watch the fight again. So yeah. is there some things that you've been obviously, you know, thinking about maybe changing some stuff up or kind of, you know, checking out what he's doing? Um, no, I don't like to really focus on what the opponent's going to do. You know what I mean? Because that's really, like, a fear-based mindset, in my yeah. opinion. You know what I mean? You're worried about an outcome. Really, you could be focusing on more resourceful stuff, like what you're going to do. So that's what I focus that's on. Awesome. But as far as, like, Elias... I'll tell you, there are things I've seen that I want to implement, but there's things I've seen that I'll say here because I'm not worried about him being able to change in such a short period of time, you know? These are things I've seen, like, going back to even his Muay Thai fights. You know, um, he has a poor ability of taking pressure. You know what I mean? He he seems to back up a lot. If you look at his fight with Shane, Shane's smaller than me. You know what I mean? It says he's 5'6", but I've seen him, you know, face-to-face. -face. He's smaller than me, and I have a long reach for my height. But Shane got in his face every exchange, you know? And I'm not looking to take you down. So if I'm getting that close to you, you're going to feel it. You know what I mean? So though that's one big thing I'll say that I, I notice about Elias, his poor ability to maintain distance and move backwards efficiently and then cut angles when you're supposed to because you're going to hit a cage, man. You know what I mean? And especially now where we're in octagon now. Yeah, yeah. Not even, yeah we got eight sides now. Not so even a circle? Not man. a circle okay. anymore. Yeah. So that's one thing, man. That's one thing I'd say was a big red And he's 5'9", so I mean, he's got... And in that fight, he had a little bit of reach. Yeah, he did. He had a huge reach, man. You know, I don't understand that why he didn't uh, implement that because he's a good fighter, man. He's got a good striking base, so that's something that I don't know. Maybe it was just that night. Shane Shane also came out a million miles an hour. He like, did, he, man. He went one hundred percent from but the But what can I say? He had to be ready for that. Yeah, yeah. You know true. What I mean? Very that's, true. That's not an excuse. So it sounds to me like the only, <laughs> yeah. sounds to me like the only game plan you actually have is to don't let it go to the judges. You're gonna you're, yeah. It's gonna be a definitive. Win. That's that's actually been my goal for like no matter who the opponent is. That's my goal for this fight is to not let it go to the judges, man, because that was a tough loss for me to take. I'm not going to lie. The fight against Ahmad, having to really try to get that title fight, chasing um, the former champ, Kayon, for so long, for that fight not to happen, and then the fight with Ahmad to happen and have it be a decision. I was like, man, the next guy I fight is going to yeah, feel so that everything. That minor fight, it fell through because of paperwork or something like that? Like his paperwork, maybe? Um, Man, the minor fight, that's that's old thats old history, to be honest with you, man. But, yeah, it was it was paperwork. That fight was supposed to be set a long time ago. Like, I'm talking, like, 2016. But that's not one you want back. It's I mean, water under the bridge. That and... ship has sailed. I'll say <laughs> yeah. this, man. I'll, no, no, no. It's not that I don't want it. My ego wants it because it was like there was a lot of shit talk involved in that fight. Yeah. And it got really personal. And I thought it was going to be a fun fight for the fans, man. You know what I mean? But he just, for some reason, couldn't make it. Mm. So, um, no, it's not a fight that I want. Not because I don't want it, but because right now... He, 
I really wish that he would get back on the win column a little bit. You know, That's he's fair. had, I think he's got, what, back-to-back losses or something like that? Yeah. And we're tied in the rankings somehow right now. So, like, yeah, I think he needs to win, and then maybe we can do that again because I respect him and his brother uh, as fighters, man. So I'm not ashamed, I'm not backing down from anybody. Okay, yeah. so are you, are you looking to turn pro after this fight, or? Yeah, man, that's my goal, really. What I want to do <clears throat> is to get as many pro fights as I can, man. I've been trying. It's not like I'm not trying. It's just guys need to say yes. Mm -hmm. My goal is to get as uh, many pro fights as I need to look impressive enough to get on the Ultimate Fighter the next time they have a 125 weight class. That's okay. my goal. You know, the quickest way I can get to the top. And I believe, like, right now, we had we just had UFC come here. Yeah. We've got guys like Ryan Parker there, you know, fighting Bellator. Damon Minor uh, auditions for the Ultimate Fighter 2. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been watching that season, man. You guys been watching that? A little bit, yeah. He yeah. could take those guys, man. I feel like he could have gotten on the show and done well. And I think there are other fighters in this area that can go and do things and, you know, be and go far. And I'm yeah. one of them. So A lot of talent in this area. That. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So, I mean, we're getting we're watched getting now. And yeah. I, I want to say it's also because of all the uh, MMA gyms that have been sprawled out. And also because we're military. Yeah. A lot of guys end up staying here, and mm -hmm. you know what yeah. better way to get that aggression out than you know become a fighter? That's true, so. man. That's true, man. It's uh, that's one good way of getting it out for sure. It's a big veteran yeah. business. If you look at it, there's a lot of vets that are not only fans of it, but that also fight. Yeah. And of course, as you know, Spark is veteran owned. And, oh yeah. You know, I'm a vet, and he's a vet. We're all vets. Yeah. Most mm -hmm. A lot, but, uh, a lot of vets here. You fought? <laughs> did you fight all your fights with Spartaca? The, the, the official 5-2 uh, record? Or? Most of them, yeah. I have most. another fight with another uh, outside promotion. It was one title fight. And then um, I was supposed to fight for a promotion, another promotion in Fredericksburg. But again, the guy didn't show okay. up. So yeah. yeah, it was funny, actually. Like way back, we were doing uh, mm -hmm. one of the road trips for the uh, press conference before. It's funny we were actually talking about you. Oh, really? Uh, because yeah, about uh, the cancellation kind of like, oh, the, like the snake bite. Like you just keep getting canceled. Yeah, on. it dude. was like mm -hmm. you know. Hopefully, and I was like, I hope I was like, I hope I get to see this guy fight soon. So I'm excited. I hope so. that we, <laughs> you know I'm excited mean? that we do coming yeah. up. So yeah, yeah, be... no, for sure. And I'm not, I'm not gonna waste the opportunity, man. For sure. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Hey man, you're well rested for over a year. So I mean, like, yeah, you it sure. was it was a year, man. But you know, like I said, dealing with that foot, you know, it was uh, you had no choice but to rest, and that was probably the hardest part of it because I like to stay active, man. I yeah. really you do. You know, you yeah, think that so. foot's gonna be an issue for you in the fight? No, no. I have, you know, I took uh, I took one weapon and replaced it with another one, man. You know what I mean? Yep. So it might not be the same technique, but I can still use this foot 100. percent mm. Cool. So uh, you 100% want to go pro after this fight. Yeah. You don't want to maybe stick around and kind of go for the 135 belt maybe? or. I mean, what we got? Saucer? Yeah, Samson Saucer is, is actually taking on Corey Champion for the Bantamweight belt yeah. on June 23rd. I was slated for a fight with Corey Champion not that long ago, maybe a year ago, and I got injured. Mm. And so that is not a fight that I'm, I'm afraid of at all. I even let Jimmy know. I said, hey. If either of those guys are injured, I'm cool to step in there. Oh, wow. Even though, like I said, honestly, like Samson, he's coming up into MMA and he's making mm -hmm. a big splash. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get out of amateur MMA. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like we're on the opposite spectrums of our, you know, our prospective careers. You know what I mean? So for me to fight Samson Saucer, yes, I would do it because I like the hype that he brings to the crowd. Sure. And he's not afraid to fight. That's the biggest nope. thing, yeah. man. Like, and he's, what, 19 years old? Yes, sir. This dude does not blink in there. You know what I mean? So I would love to fight him, but why? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that would necessarily do to me, uh, do for me. I don't know what this fight's doing for me, really, besides just getting that, getting that urge to fight out, you know? That's getting, getting some time in the cage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to knock those but, cobwebs out, man. But for sure, man. Like, if Jimmy said, hey, do you want to fight either guy or you want to fight the winner? I'd be like, yeah, why not? You know, if I can't get a pro fight before, then who cares? I was already right there when I fought a mob. So, yep. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Why nice. not, man? So, what about what about uh, outside the ring? What do you got 
going on? I mean, school, work, like, what do you do? Well, right now, I, uh, yeah, I work and school, man. I'm getting ready to go back to ODU for my graduate degree. Okay. I've been studying for that. And I, awesome. say, I say that, man, but it's like, yeah, I'm getting ready maybe three months, and then, like, I start doing other stuff and start studying again. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. I say I'm getting ready to go back, but, you know, it's one of those things, man. But besides that, man, I do work. Uh, I score standardized tests. So, basically, if you guys have kids and they take things like, you know, the SATs or whatever, I'm the guy that scores that. Okay. Make sure they're, you know, they're on point. So, yeah, that's what I do. So, any listeners, you got a kid about to take your their uh, right. standardized <laughs> test, go ahead and slip. He's like, no, do not slip, hit me up. I'm slip, Quentin in, slip, slip in his DMs Yo, and uh, hit him with the number. Hit him with the figure and see what he can do for you. Bro, you're going to get me just <laughs> relax here i was not here today um yeah but uh that's it's a cool balance man you know what i mean it, it pays for the training and so yeah i get to have a good time and do what i love to do at the same time so yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. uh is there anything else uh so the fans and you know one of the parts of the shows we like to say like to connect with the fans is there anything that you want to tell them about you that they might not know or maybe you know something personal or i mean as it comes to like you know, mma you know what i mean and why I fight, and I feel like fighters get asked that a lot. You All know? the time. Yeah, Probably the number lot. one question. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think really fighting, and if I had to connect with the fans anyway, I'd say if you watch me fight or if you watch any of us fight, don't look at it for the violence specifically, but look for the metaphors that you can find in real life. You know what I mean? Like adversity in the cage can be seen as any kind of adversity in real life. You know what I mean? The same determination and will that it takes to get through something tough. It's the same thing that you use in any situation in life. So uh, that's what I would say. Like, come f- watch and don't just enjoy the violence, but also learn from it in a little way. In a little way, you know. Yeah, yeah. a lot of takeaways from MMA. A lot mm-hmm. of parallels with yeah. real life, for sure. And you have a lot of a lot of people coming out to support you for this fight. Yeah, man. Uh, it was a cool thing about growing up overseas, man. So I got people from every bit of part of the world, man. So it's nice. nice. It's always that's cool, awesome, man. man. So people are gonna be there physically, but also watching live, hopefully too, man. So yeah. that's right. Yeah, we you can live watch live on fight mm-hmm. fight yep. That's right. So yeah. if you cannot make it to the fight, and. Uh, do you have so, any? I, I I gotta ask. Do you have any yeah. words for your opponent? I was just about to say yeah. the same thing. I think there was. We kind of mentioned. Stirring the pot. Stirring the pot. Was there a little bit of crap talking already? Uh, I mean, it, it was. Uh, whenever Jimmy posted the the flyer, you know, I, I went to go check it out, and I already saw Elias had said, "Let's go, boy," and some, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that to me, trash talking to me. It's cool. I like it, man. Bring it on because no matter what you say, we have to fight. That's true. You know what I mean? So I could say all the nicest things in the world about you. I'm still going to whoop your ass. It doesn't matter. You know, you could trash talk all you want. You know, you have to show up still, you know, so be ready yeah. to back it up, man. That's all. Well, how can people follow you on your journey? What are your social media outlets, your Twitter uh, handles, Yeah, Instagram? man. Uh, you can follow me on QGrayMMA. That's my Instagram handle, man. So I post training clips sometimes. You know, nothing really too fancy or good. I don't want to give anybody any, you know, ammo or footage. Yeah. I'll, show you the, I'll show you the leftovers, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be active on there working up to this fight. So for sure, check me out there, QGrayMMA. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you still teaching judo at the college? Or no, no. I grad- This is back when I was still studying there. Man. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly, exactly. Maybe one day I'll go back. Yeah. <laughs> check them out yeah, a little bit. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, also, too, for the, the listeners on our SFL Radio Facebook page, we're going to be posting the link to the uh, episode on SoundCloud. We're also going to post links to your social media. Awesome, so if they'd man. like to follow you, by all means, they can. Uh, we will see you guys at the weigh-ins on June 22nd at yeah, Ocean man. 27. June 23rd, SFL 34 at the Ted Constant Center. Yeah, Samson Saucer taking on Corey Champion for the 135 belt. We got David Simpson taking on Troy Kane for the 185 belt. Quentin Gray taking on Elias Briley. And then we have Marshall Law Shermer uh, taking on Jacob Ashley for the featherweight title. So if you did not listen, we actually did um, an interview with him for the yeah, last, Marshall, uh, Marshall last episode. Yep. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one. That's awesome. Hype you up for that fight. Um, 
with that, we will see you guys at the fight. We got to do it again, Eddie. Are we going to mess it up this time? Uh, every time, but yeah. We didn't tell him, so we're going fu- to mess it up. Awesome. Right? Uh-oh. What do I, Three. What do I You'll get it. Just, just follow along with what we're doing. <laughs> Two. All right, all right. One. This, this is Spartacus. 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 <laughs>